It's my pleasure to bring back Dr. William Horgan, Medical Director of Quality and Safety at Wyndham and Bacchus Hospitals. Good morning, Dr. Horgan. And it's funny, two years ago when this pandemic first started, I had you here in the studio. And did you ever think two years ago that we'd still be talking about this thing? No, I thought we'd be doing interviews on different subjects, to be honest with you. And uh, But we are still in it. And tell us where things stand right now with Wyndham and Bacchus. We hear a lot of talk nationally about hospital ICUs being overflowing and so forth. Where do we stand now, and has that gotten better in the last month or two? Well, actually, in the past month or two, we've actually seen an increase in the number of uh, those that we care for requiring intensive care level of therapy um, throughout the state of Connecticut and New England. Um, those numbers over the past just several days are starting to show that it's starting to trend downward. Um, but, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, after the, the holidays, we really saw a, a big jump in our numbers of cases and the requirement for, you know, intensive care level of therapy for many of these individuals. And a couple of thoughts about the recent spike in the last month or so. I know a lot of people who have had it. Some say they've had a mild case, they move on. Others say they had the worst two weeks of their lives. But could you just address that from the standpoint of the folks who have a rough time with it? What's it like behind the hospital walls? What's it like in the ER? What's it like in the ICU? What kind of, for better, lack of a better word, a horror story do you see with the people that have a real hard time with this? Well, unfortunately, it's, you know, very dramatic for everybody involved, for those we're caring for that have it and become, you know, incredibly sick, as well as their family members and everybody that they've been associated with and those caring for them because it's, uh, it's such a profoundly draining illness when you become critically ill and the requirements of life-saving things that we have to do to uh, keep them going and keep them battling the COVID-19. So um, it, it has been um, something that we have never dealt with before, at least in my lifetime, in regards to, you know, uh, this pandemic. It's, uh, it's been very trying for everybody. And um, so those that are critically sick or hospitalized, the, you know, rate of death is still, you know, high. So there's a lot of the rhetoric about, you know, that uh, over 99% of people that get it will recuperate. And, you know, that's, that's true. You know, many of us will get only mild cases, but those that get it, that, you know, require hospitalization, you know, they're, rate of death is in many areas over 10 percent you know so that's that's why you know we were really working so so hard to make sure everybody gets vaccinated and everybody now gets the booster and everybody continues to you know social distance and wear appropriate masks because at this point as you said at the beginning of our discussion it was two years ago, and we thought that we'd be talking about something else, an interview dealing with something else, but unfortunately, we're still in 
you know, the midst of COVID. And uh, so it's something that we have to still stay focused on. If I got COVID five months ago, am I immune from getting it again right now? And if so, for how long? I wish you were. I wish that the, you know, quote unquote, herd immunity of just getting it in the community would give you a lifelong protection. But sadly, that's not the case. You know, studies initially were thinking that we had a good 90 days, you know, little, roughly three months of immunity. But, you know, the challenge with COVID is that being that our vaccine rate you know, wasn't the greatest initially that there were so many that didn't get vaccinated that gave COVID the opportunity to spread and to evolve into these you know, different types of variants. And those variants can now sidestep your immunity that you had, Wayne, if you did get it five months ago. You got, you know, Infected by COVID five months ago, that was most likely the Delta variant. And the Omicron variant now is, you know, still able to reinfect those, you know, that have been, you know, sick with COVID previously. And so, you know, the key to that is vaccination and booster. So even those that initially got the, the full vaccines last year, Really, the booster is what is so important, you know, to keep your immune system kind of think about, you know, you get the booster, it's really kind of like uh, reinvigorating your immune system and waking it up. It's your morning coffee, you know, for your immune system to deal with, you know, COVID and the new variants. Dr. Horgan, does the CDC's definition of fully vaccinated protect you from Omicron? It, it definitely helps when we see those that are getting Omicron and the Omicron is just amazing how quickly it's spreading um, and how quickly the Omicron kind of, um, you know, increases in number once you get it, you know, how quickly the virus grows within your, your um, upper airway tract. But uh, those fully immunized with the booster, and that's the biggest thing. The booster is what really needs to, you know, reinvigorate your immune system to help you um, against the Omicron. But the CDC definition does not include the booster. That's why I asked the question. Yeah, and so we are evolving just like the virus, you know, and that's why we have to really push for the booster and to get that you know, done. You know, if you're fully immunized, you know, that is definitely, you know, some level of protection. But what we're looking for is a higher level of protection for those in our community. Over the weekend, according to the state DPH numbers, the number of patients statewide hospitalized with COVID dropped by 218 beds. And they say of those 43.5% are fully vaccinated. So that stat means no booster? That means no booster. And so that's the unfortunate thing. So we are still seeing those that, you know, were fully vaccinated, you know, last January or last February. And um, they are still, 
you know, getting the virus, you know, a year later. And so it's making us think this is very similar to influenza and why we get an influenza vaccine every year because influenza, you know, the variants, you know, evolve each year. And so the more we vaccinate, the better our immune system, you know, can fight whatever new variant there is. And so that's where the booster comes in. Do you know, as far as the patients that are currently or have been in Wyndham or Bacchus hospitals, how many of those patients have Omicron? How many have Delta and whatever the other variants are? So right now, the majority of those that are hospitalized throughout the state are Omicron. Um, The numbers of Omicron for just overall general population, when they're becoming positive after really um, December, they started to, you know, rise very, very quickly, you know, and basically early December, uh, late November, we started seeing Omicron in the Connecticut and week after week, the percentage that was Omicron versus Delta, you know, the Omicron just continued to, to rise dramatically, whereas now pretty much every case that we're seeing right now in the state of Connecticut is Omicron. And that's how the national news outlets report it nationwide, too, that 99% of the cases are Omicron. Yet, on that state DPH site, the weekly totals they had on Thursday said that in Connecticut, the variants of concern, 58% Delta, 11% Omicron. I don't understand that. Can can you clarify that? Yeah, that's, uh, you know, that might be just uh, in relation to a specific population. Was it the you know, the hospitalized population versus the overall, because the overall numbers um, for the state, you know, since Omicron broke out has been that Omicron has been the, you know, predominant one that we're seeing, but that might be related to those that are hospitalized or that are getting extreme cases um, of the, uh, of COVID, because there is a difference, really, what we're seeing in the severity of illness um, with the difference in variants, the Omicron is easier to contract, but it doesn't, where it infects is more of the upper airway versus the lower part of the lungs, like the Delta variant. And the Delta variant um, is definitely, you know, has a, a larger impact on individuals when they get it. Um, but you know, so that might be related to that data. What they're referring to is that it might be for those that have severe disease or recent, you know, deaths within the state. There might have been related to more Delta versus Omicron. And another question related to the state DPH stats that I mentioned that 43.5% of the people hospitalized now are, quote, fully vaccinated, which we learned does not mean they have a booster. But considering the fact that we're told the booster will keep us from hospitalizations with Omicron, do you think the state should publicize the percentage of people that are fully vaccinated with boosters? Because they don't seem to be doing that right now. Yeah, I think that would be something that would would help us to, to really be able to to get those in our communities to commit to getting the booster. You know, um, I think it's uh, something that's the more information that we can share to help those in our community feel comfortable about getting the booster, 
the more we should be doing of that. Important for us to to get you know those in our community you know in to get the booster. When it comes to Wyndham and Bacchus hospitals, have you gotten to the point? maybe a few weeks ago, where you had to actually postpone elective surgeries because of the quantity of people you were treating who had various forms of COVID? No, we never got to that point because we always wanted to focus on making sure that we had the ability to care for everybody within our community. You know, one of the things that we really focused on is you know, the term elective. When you're telling somebody that we have to postpone your surgery because it's elective to take out that tumor and identify what type of cancer, that doesn't sound elective to me. You know, it's somebody coming to us for care to be able to get their diagnosis and start their treatments on so many things. And so we, you know, within Hartford Healthcare worked so, so hard to make sure that we were prepared for this. You know, there were many lessons that we learned with the previous spikes that we've had you know, with COVID. And so with that, you know, we, there were many lessons that we learned. And with those lessons learned, you know, we tried to build a system that would help us make sure that we have everything available to care for those in our community, regardless of what they need. Now, I know a fair amount of people who have had COVID and they suck it up at home. They are uncomfortable for a couple of days, some more than a little uncomfortable. But at some point, some of the folks with more serious situations have to go to the hospital. What would be the symptoms necessary for them to be checked into and admitted to the hospital? Well, we are admitting those to the hospital that... Um, you know, require supplemental oxygen that need oxygen therapy. Um, those are the, the majority of those that are getting admitted and those that are also, you know, uh, displaying signs of sepsis, low blood pressure, extreme heart rates, you know, unable to eat or drink, anything like that. You know, those are the ones that we, that require hospitalization. Um, but, you know, it, it's really uh, difficult to be able to say, you know, who should or should not come you know, to a hospital when they are concerned about their illness. You know, one thing that we've, we've revamped and, and, uh, and set up again is our, our testing, you know, within our communities to help those that are concerned that they may have it and are just mildly symptomatic, sore throat, runny nose, a little bit of a cough. And so we have uh, two testing sites now in the region, you know, that are um, seven days a week. You know, we really worked hard to make sure that we get as much testing, you know, access for those in our community as possible. And so in the Wyndham area, you know, it's, it's where it used to be, and it's just still there, 112 Mansfield Avenue. And it is seven days a week to, to get testing, and it's 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. And we also have it in the Norwich area at the East Region System Support Building on 11 Stott Avenue. And again, you know, seven days a week, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. And then we have a special time also from uh, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. for first responder testing. 
And lastly, what's your message for people, not just about getting tested, but about getting the vaccine, especially the booster, if they've had their first two or J&J their first one? I I can't stress it enough. You know, we are looking to to end this crisis and end this pandemic. So please, you know, get your booster. Help your family members get your booster and uh, continue to be safe. Dr. William Horgan, you were one of the last in-studio guests I had as the pandemic began two years ago. Who knew we'd still be doing this? I really appreciate your time today. Good information. Thank you for joining me today. No problem, Wayne. You take care. Dr. William Horgan, Medical Director of Quality and Safety at Wyndham and Bacchus Hospitals on 14 WILI Willimantic and 95.3 FM.